0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. Think about Lewis, fires to the end zone, touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott Dodge the eye of this national championship win.
1: A deep throw by Lawrence,
0: a lot of contact, Justin Ross broke free from it, he's down in the end zone, touchdown Clemson.
1: Welcome into episode 126 of Press Pass, Kayla Anderson here with my co-host Joshua Perry and man, uh, it feels like two weeks rolled into one last week, I was so exhausted. I don't know what it was, if it was just the amount of sport news that we had here going on in Nashville, but Joshua, man, I'm just glad it's a new week.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I feel you on that, because I feel last week was, we were playing catch-up too, weren't we?
1: Yeah, because yeah, so. we had been, I think, off for a full week.
0: Yeah, so it was a lot to catch up on and uh, different things to put together here at home, but definitely glad to be back for this episode. You're in the office right now, so you yes. got the professional setup, looking TV ready.
1: I know. This is the <laughs> these are the days that I actually put makeup on and do my hair. But I get so annoyed with having to do that five days of the week that yeah. when we usually record like on a Tuesday, it's just it's I have no effort level. Like
0: Yeah. No, it, folks gotta realize Monday right? and Tuesday is your weekend. So yep. you're at home, you're trying to unwind. We gotta knock out, you know, thirty minutes of good content. Yeah. Um and so it's it's funny seeing kind of just the dichotomy there. We got like Oh, yeah. Relax, Kayla. And now we've got like super professional Kayla.
1: Exactly. It, that's the way that you got to do it sometimes because you can't really put on the makeup and the hair every single day. You no, just you get can't. tired of it. Being yeah. That's the thing about being a lady. Like, man there's a little more effort you got to put into it. I'll yeah, tell you uh, that much.
0: I'll tell you when I'm in studio and I got to sit down in that makeup chair this past year, um, we had to do our own makeup. I'm sitting there looking at YouTube tutorials. Like, I don't know how the hell Were women do really? this every day. Oh, I was. Cause I wasn't going to be on TV looking busted.
1: Well, I know so, you wouldn't.
0: <laughs> so I was on YouTube trying to figure it out. I was asking Madison for some pointers on how that I should so do my <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah.
0: So I got a lot of respect and especially, um, you know, in any profession, but like you, I mean, people are going to, they're looking at you all the time. They're going to be yeah. critical because that's just how it is. So oh, you got to sure. be on top of it.
1: It's funny too. If you look back at like the um, emergence of what I am today, and this is probably I, that can be the case for uh, many people in the business, right? You look back 10 years and you're going whoa that looks like a different person or oh they finally figured out how to do their hair or oh they finally <laughs> figured it out and that's kind of how it was for me because it was just learning all on my own I didn't really have a lot of help or guidance and so it, you just kind of learned right and now 10 years later you're like okay f- I finally feel like I got it down yeah, and well, so 10 years later <laughs> yeah exactly and that's and hey that's not including I don't have hair and makeup so you know I feel like I've gotten down pretty well. Gosh, if I yeah. had hair and makeup, that'd be, the, that'd be the life, Joshua, I tell you that. Yeah. Um, well, we will actually get into some college football talk. I'm sure that's why you <laughs> guys are point. tuning in, not to listen about makeup tips. Um, so this week, specifically in the last two weeks, there has been more coming out about this. But we have talked so much about the name, image, likeness for college football and um, just college athletics in general and how it's really starting to pick up in terms of getting stuff done. And I know NCAA president, Mark Emmert, um, says that he is recommending the association's board members approve new rules, um, allowing athletes to make money from the name image and likeness rights this summer. So he's trying to close in on a date and it's kind of set for July 1st, but I'll tell you something, Tennessee actually this week became the 15th state to pass the bill. Um, and that will take effect here in Jan- January first, twenty twenty two. But the, the the states in the South, Joshua, I mean, they are full speed ahead on this. I looked at some of the states, and it's I mean, it's like SEC country that yeah. has done this.
0: They're they're on top of it. It's really mm-hmm. interesting too, and and I think that to me speaks to how those states view college football, yeah. college athletics in general, but specifically college football because. Um, I mean, those I feel like name, image and likeness is a very liberal ideal just in terms of changing a system like it does not conserve anything in any structure the way it used to be in college athletics. It's it's literally progressive Mm -hmm. and southern states not to get into like, you know, political science here, but they're not they're not progressive. And so it's really interesting watching them all take this step because of how it would benefit their states. You can get the best recruits, which means that you have better football down there, which is better for tourism. It's better for industry, all those different kind of things. And I totally understand it. Now, it's funny for me sitting here in the Midwest, especially Ohio, the way that it is about college athletics, Mm -hmm. just sitting back and taking their merry old time, just like – Okay, you see every state in the South, which if you're Ohio State specifically, that's that's who you're competing against. Uh, You're competing against all the Southern schools. You already own the Big Ten. Like, when is it going to be time for these states to start stepping up to the plate and mending their rules, too? Because the thing that's going to happen is these recruiting battles that come down to the last couple of schools. That is going to be the deciding factor is my ability as a student athlete to earn money while i'm at a university if they can't get it across the board figured it out it's going to be interesting
1: that is why <laughs> the sec continues just to be in front of everything and again i mean give credit to the individual schools but really give credit to greg sankey that always seems to send out a universal message yep. within his conference
0: always on the same page
1: which is let's be on the same page and man they really execute with just everything that has happened with the pandemic and they set their minds to a date and they did it and they played a full schedule and it look, I, I, there's some things I don't agree with, but there are things that I'm like, wow, getting it done. And I, and I respect that. And this is one of those things that we know it's going to happen. And so you might as well get on it now. And like you said, get ahead of it because then those recruits are going to say, okay, this state has passed it. That means that university is now on board. And you mentioned the Midwest, like Joshua, I haven't heard anything in terms of the Western side of the states where the PAC 12 is continuing to be lagging behind. And they're talking about really, you know, refreshing things there. This is one of the things they need to start with and they need yeah. to get on board with. I yeah. know they don't have a new commissioner yet, but that is at the forefront. I mean, to me, this is at the forefront because yeah. I mean, it's going to make a big difference when it comes to recruiting against these other conferences.
0: Yeah, and I mean, California was really like the first state that kind of you know really pushed for it. Yeah, And that's what started this little domino effect. But since then, to your point, we haven't really heard very much coming from out West. Mm-mm. And we talk about these recruiting battles. West Coast schools are already disadvantaged. We talk about it it seems like every week, but the TV setup is just not ideal for them because, you know, their primetime games are so late that nobody on the East Coast Mm -hmm. or in the Central Time Zone is watching. Nobody cares. They don't sell ads for the West Coast, so they're not even worried about the TV package. Um, And then in terms of where the talent actually does exist, it's a challenge for recruits to get out there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so if I've got a school in my backyard or neighboring state or whatever the case is, where I can earn money while I'm playing, why would I even look toward a school out West where no. I, I, that's like step number one for me is, can I make a little bit of money? Then step number two is let me evaluate the program and see if we can win here. Like Absolutely. that's probably what a lot of recruits are going to start doing.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why it's like you said, you, you got to get on it now and you got to join. I mean, this is going to happen. So, and I know it, there's a lot more that goes into it at the, state level. But if if they continue to do it down here and and states continue to get on board, Tennessee being the latest, then other states and different conferences need to look at this and be like, okay, we've got to help out these Pac-12 schools or, you know, the West Coast schools over there. Well, so, I'll,
0: I'll say this, too, before we get off of this. This is where the NCAA is just utterly useless, too, it's a, is, is they let too much happen nope. before they got a hold of the issue. Yep. And so now you have a, a college landscape that's not a level playing field nope. because the NCAA was not on the forefront of this issue. They let the states push it first, yep. and then they had to react to it.
1: You're so right.
0: They they signed their leader to
1: a contract. I was just gonna (laughs) say that, man. We think so much alike. (laughs) Those were literally the next words out of my mouth. So, what do you think about that, Mike Emmer extension? Did they even think about that? Who's making the decisions here?
0: Well, you know what's crazy is athletic directors and university presidents yes. are part of the people I making these it. decisions to give him an extension. What the hell are they doing?
1: <laughs> I don't like, get it.
0: I truly do is, not understand it.
1: Is is he like is he like giving them some some deals under the table He's to like vote some him back in?
0: Compromising photos of these people or something.
1: Man, I'm like uh, get 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 yourselves together and let's seriously. like get him out, but no, no, that's not going to no. happen.
0: Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
1: Okay, so let's keep on the theme of, of just recruiting in a way and, and how much it's going to change and how much some of these power programs are only going to get beefier, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So there is you know, the whole transfer portal thing now happening. So you can transfer and you don't have to sit out a year. Essentially that's, that's what's happening now. And so we talked about it last episode, you're going to start recruiting out of the transfer portal. I mean, this is just a real thing. And there has been so much of it happening down here in the South. So just recently, a, a big time prospect or not prospect I should say a, a big time transfer who was at Tennessee was a big prospect coming out of high school um Henry Tootoo he is linebacker was with the Tennessee Vols for two seasons and then entered the transfer portal when the whole you know coaching thing happens there and he was deciding like between Ohio State Alabama yep. um he was heavily recruited out of high school as well he decided to roll no pen intended with the tide and so he is <laughs> he is headed to tuscaloosa to join what should be another power program because they literally just plug and go and plug and go and you know they got they have guys leaving for the league every year it doesn't seem doesn't to make matter a difference right so here's now this whole thing happening down here in tennessee like fans are so mad because he's going to not only another SEC team but he's going to a rival right I mean Tennessee and Alabama they do not like each other at all and Alabama has dominated Tennessee in the last several years but it doesn't matter like it's still a big rivalry down here so that led me to this question is it something that can we even discuss a player going to a rival. I mean, it's their choice. They are going to have a better opportunity, but in a way, do fans have the right to, you know, be like, what is he doing? I mean, putting him in the spotlight for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, fans have a right to say it. I think they also have a right to ask the question, like, why would one of our athletes go from us to our rival? Like what did we do so poorly that they felt like their choice was to go to the bad guys, Right. Like, right. That's the question that if you're a Tennessee Vols fan, you should be considering is he and he was highly recruited. Like Ohio State thought he he was going to commit. Like there was, yeah. you know, they the beat reporters were all tweeting, talking about him like it was a, mm-hmm. supposedly a done deal. Something led him to yeah. go to Alabama. So the question is, why, if you're Tennessee, did he choose a rival now for Ohio State? I know exactly why this kid went to Bama. And it's the the topic from the first segment is NIL because we're Absolutely. in limbo here in Ohio. Yep. And even though yep. there are two programs that put a ton of guys in the league, they are national championship caliber programs. One has a little bit of a competitive advantage over the other as of right now. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. Um, I want to throw something at you. Okay. If you were a college football coach. Yeah. And I think I know what your answer is going to be. Would you be more. Nick Saban, because now we've seen him get uh, a transfer wide receiver who, you know, was a starter from Ohio State to commit. And then you get, you know, Tennessee's top linebacker to commit again, another experienced player out of the portal. Or do you do the Dabo Swinney where he says that he's not going to really recruit the portal? He's recruiting guys from high school. He wants to get them while they're young. He wants to build the culture that way. He wants to develop them on his own. Which one? do you prefer? Nick Saban? Yeah.
1: Listen, I, I I mean, Dabo Sweeney has won. Clemson has become one of the power programs in the country. But in my opinion, what has what Nick Saban done that's not right?
0: A very like, good question. <laughs> I
1: mean, and he can still recruit players and develop them because that's what he's done. But if he can now go in the portal and get guys that are already proven that maybe he did miss out on because Totoa had Alabama as a choice. That was one yeah. of his choices coming out of high school. And clearly the dysfunction of Tennessee was too much to want to deal with again in terms of a new coach, a new athletic director. And so in, in, in my eyes with situations like that, like it, why wouldn't you if you're going to be recruited by Nick Saban in Alabama where you just – you win it's not like you go there and you got to be late you can't be lazy you still got to play it to the highest ability but you have a chance to get a natty and you have chance to make money before you go to the league like
0: yeah i'm gonna continue
1: if i'm 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 gonna go i'm still i mean maybe it's it's unfair to some people but then step up your game yeah like and i don't believe i listen Dabo can say whatever (laughs) he wants the next day, we're going to be seeing Dabo <laughs> taking saying, transfers. Like
0: That from- dang finger wagon. I already knew you were coming with some hot fire. You were coming with some attitude, which <laughs> I can appreciate. Um, yes, I'm with you. Nick Saban, and, and I believe this to be 100% true, locked up uh, toe toe because he forced the issue on NIL yeah. at the, the 11th hour to get that commitment. 100%. So like you said, you do what you got to do to get the guys. To your second point, Dabo Swinney, within a year or two, is going to have his ass up in that portal, just like everybody else. He is. I'm. You called that, and it's so true. Like we'll sit back and we'll have the clip from this past year where he said he don't want the portal guys. Yeah. Two years from now is going to be some portal guys balling for him, mind you, absolutely, because that's just what the sport is going to be. Like you don't have to get the guy the first time around anymore. If right. he's unsatisfied where he's at, you can re-recruit the cat. Still a great player, and now yes. you have your opportunity to have a player that's more built up and more developed than a high school guy. Yep. Plug and play, and then you can take all the credit for when he starts the ball.
1: Exactly, and like it, it he can say all he wants right now, but that's just where we're going, and and this that's is it. just the the sign of times. It's change; they're changing, right? And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I the the recruiting aspect of college football, I think, has only continued continuing to grow and I wouldn't be surprised if they had just a specific person there at the university, a specific recruiter just for transfer transfer. I feel, I feel like you'd right? be dumb if you didn't. I right I feel I feel like you gotta put emphasis on, uh, emphasis I mean, on that now.
0: It's like an NFL organization. You've got your GM, right? Yeah. And so that's the person evaluating everybody. Yep. And then you've got your pro scouts, which they are looking at players who are currently professionals yeah. on 90-man rosters or during the season, they're looking at the waiver wire to see who's getting cut. And then you've got your college scouts. And I believe that that colleges are going to do the same thing where they're going to have their main recruiting person, then they're going to have their person who is 100% dedicated to high school, and then they're yeah. going to have a person who's 100% dedicated to the transfer portal. And it's a smart thing to do.
1: I think so too. Man, that would, I actually, like, I, I wish sometimes that, I, I was more like I played the game, not played the game, but I had like a deeper connection because I think it'd be so cool to have a position like that where you it would that like was your sole like focus and okay. you could become so good at just finding these players and and doing things the right way, essentially, I'm, too.
0: I'm going to say this. It has nothing to do with the fact that you didn't play the game because there are some of the best people in the recruiting mm-hmm. positions or in scouting in the NFL never played a down to football at a high level. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if you, I feel like if you really wanted to as much as you consume sports and we talk about player profiles and everything, I feel like you got the eye for it. Yeah. Like maybe that's our next yeah. journey is we find Kayla a job in a personnel department somewhere.
1: Right. Like, I mean, I'm it. telling you, and that's one thing I will That's one thing. And I appreciate you saying that because I I take your opinion. um, I don't take it lightly. Right. And because you're an honest person. So it's one of those things Though I do think I was kind of born with was like, I have an eye for certain things and um, athletics specifically, like with athletes, I can kind of like, just know, like, I just kind of know it's not something you're necessarily taught, but with experience, it becomes a better trait. Um, But I think some people just have that niche, right? Yep. So, you know, Nick Saban, you hiring?
0: Yeah, just for saying. real. <laughs> I feel like Saban's always you hiring. Add some diversity? You, you, just gotta be a, you gotta be an out of work coach that, that has some social issues, but he's always yeah. hiring though.
1: <laughs> exactly. He's, I, he's got an internship program right now, supposedly. So, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm telling you, um, we're going to go on to our, our final topic. We're certainly having some fun here today. So I thought this was interesting, Joshua. And I had to put this in here specifically because you played the position. And there was an article on um, ESPN.com under the NCAA uh, college football subject. And it was talking about the old school linebacker now developing into this kind of hybrid linebacker. And so what it was saying was this hybrid player now at the position is a guy who can rush off the edge, hold up against the run and cover the slot receiver downfield all with equal precision. And Dabo speaking of Dabo had, he had spoke about this in terms of the article and said, defensive coaches are always looking for the speed of a Corvette and the utility of a Jeep. In comparison, the old school linebackers feel like taking a spin in a family minivan, this is like the funniest quote I have ever read. Yeah. And so I was like, I've got to get your opinion on yeah. just the change of the position, and if you feel like it's changing, and is it is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing?
0: Yeah. I just thought so it was interesting. Um, I, I take offense to the the minivan comment because I was the old yeah. minivan. Um, that was me. So. Damn Dabo. Uh I, of but
1: course it'd be Dabo that said that. I know,
0: right? So here's here, I'll I'll have a little bit of fun with the quote and then I can really dive into this. He said the utility okay. of a Jeep. I would rather take the utility of a Range Rover because it does the same thing as a Jeep, but it's like a, a way nicer car. You know, so like sure. you know, don't 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 it's make me a Jeep. Like, make me a Range Rover if we're gonna go for utility. Let's really <laughs> go for it. Um, anyway, so this a is bit. a long time coming. This quote, like he's saying the quiet part out loud because we've heard for years now about this hybrid linebacker, this linebacker that is a coverage guy but can also get after the quarterback. And I can remember in conversations with NFL um, decision makers when I was coming out for the draft, one of the things that they would always say is we love the way you play ball, but we feel like you're limited in today's game. They were like, you know, five to ten years ago, you would have been a surefire first or second round pick. I was a fourth-round pick in 2016, and quite frankly, if I was still healthy enough to play the game of football, the game would have run by me at the linebacker position. I would have had to probably move down to outside linebacker defensive end and develop that skill set. So the days of the six-foot-four, 255-pound linebacker like myself are long gone. We're seeing the guys who are entering the league now are more of the six-foot to six-two range. And they're in that 225 to 245 maximum range just in terms of size. And they are expected to do it all. You're expected to be able to beat a tackle on a pass rush. Definitely should not get blocked by a tight end. You're expected to be able to get downhill in the run game and stop a guy like Derrick Henry in his tracks. And then when it comes to the – Maybe not the Travis Kelsey level of tight end, but when it comes to a tight end, you should be able to cover. And then if if need be, step out on that slot receiver mm-hmm. and don't get embarrassed. Yeah. Um, very, very unique. And I'll leave with this one. The the college game, I think, utilizes linebackers better than the NFL game, mm-hmm. but they're so different. As much as linebackers are asked to do in today's college football, in today's NFL, the position is still very undervalued because they're only putting a couple linebackers on the field. And if you can't get the sack numbers, like sacks get you paid, tackles don't, and that's just it. Um, And so now you're seeing a lot of the top-tier linebackers who are severely underpaid in comparison to other positions. It's really unique because of all the things they're asked to do, and they still don't get the shine.
1: That's a really interesting point because I look at the linebackers at the professional level me covering the Tennessee Titans the past several years. And there's several linebackers here. Uh, Jayon Brown specifically, a guy out of UCLA, he's been in the league a few years now. He's been really valuable to this franchise, uh, but wasn't a high draft pick. Um, He was exploring the market this year and didn't really get any looks, so he's coming back here on on a little less deal. Um, But at the same time, it's like he's so valuable to this team. And he does everything. And he, like you said, he's the typical like six foot, you know, he's a smaller guy, um, but makes all the plays, does all the things right. And then you look at a guy like Rashawn Evans, um, who was a first round pick here a few years back out of Alabama, and he has had a little bit of trouble and a lot of it has had to do with how much he's being asked to do. And I think with whatever, you know, problems that they underwent with the defense last year and Dean P's leaving and kind of learning some new things and having to take on more as, as a linebacker. Um, I wonder with this position, because you said there's so much to it, like is, is it tough some guys, sometimes for guys to go from college to the NFL and, and really like excel at that position because there's so much put on their plate?
0: Yeah, and that's the difficulty is the NFL, the playbook is just going to be bigger regardless mm-hmm. of where you go. And there are there are only a handful of teams that really do it simple, like Seattle, uh, Jacksonville with the old regime, like uh, yeah. Cleveland was doing it a little bit. But they play like pretty simple, just cover three most of the time, man to man type situations. But most of these teams have big inventories. And so with a big inventory, you have to know a lot of jobs, but you kind of have to be interchangeable, too, because the offenses sure. love to move around um and that's where that's where they say all right screw it we're not going to ask a linebacker to have to do all the things they do in the box but then go out and be able to cover so we're just going to get a safety and you know if we if we give up four yards in the run game then we give up four yards in the run game but they're not going to beat us throwing the ball over our head right that's kind of where the mentality is shifted
1: i this was also something that i remember last year with the uh, lack of communication on the Titans' defense—that was something we it's dealt tough. with all year. Can, can you give me an example of what that means? When the constant message to us as the media all year was, "There's just a lack of communication." So, to 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 a guy who played the game, a linebacker who you know is responsible for a lot in terms of communication what does that mean when the the constant message from players was there's a lack of there was a lack of communication that's just something I wanted to ask you and I forgot to ask you this a while back I just am curious
0: yeah from is, so, that, is that
1: on the coaches is that
0: it's on everybody
1: okay it's, does it's it start at the top because
0: yeah because it starts in practice like if you can't communicate in practice you won't do it in the game mm-hmm. um, but it's also on players because you know if you don't practice harder you don't study tape Okay. And you're not going to be able to do it. And I know we're running out of time here, but simply on defense, you have a front and you have a coverage. Yeah. And uh, all of those things basically will change up until the snap. Mm-hmm. So if the offense is shifting and motioning guys around, mm-hmm. um, if you notice anything with their splits or anything like that, you might end up changing parts of the front, parts of the coverage, or mm-hmm. just the whole front and coverage. Like I've watched teams who um, they'll – they'll see one offensive set. They'll have four down defensive linemen and they'll have, uh, you know, three linebackers off the ball at the safety. Mm -hmm. And then something happens on the offense and they'll walk the other linebacker down. So they got five guys on the line of scrimmage and then three guys off the ball. And so the gap responsibilities in the run game all change for everybody technique (laughs) changes as well. And then the coverage probably changes, or if it doesn't change your landmark moves, or how you drop into your coverage moves. Like, those are all the communication things because if I'm a linebacker and I see something on the offensive line, like, or, like, I see a a split that Mm -hmm. tells me something, I'm communicating that split. Mm -hmm. And then I see a motion that tells me something. So now I'm telling the defensive lineman to move over. So they got to get into a different gap. Then my gap responsibility changes, or maybe it's the safety whose responsibility changes. So they have to be aware of that call And then I see the quarterback come up in audible and I know what the audible is. So now I'm trying to communicate to those guys behind me that the coverage is different. But if I can't get it from the middle of the field to the corner, who's playing out on an Island, that's a big play. And that's where the difficulty comes in the communication.
1: So then what if you, on top of the communication I'm doing investigating at this point on top of the communication, there was a, a, a noticeable digression of almost every player defensively, except for maybe a couple.
0: Yeah. And that's tough. Like, it, cause coaches start looking for answers. And so it could be two things is like, uh, as a player, you get a little bit discouraged, bogged down, uh, burnout that yeah. tends to happen. Or just from a coaching standpoint, um, you start to pare down the inventory and then okay. when you're predictable, you can get picked on. This is mm-hmm. something that you see in the NFL too, is as the season goes on, guys start to get injured. And you've seen this where there's a guy who was on practice squad or a guy they just grabbed off the street who's yeah. starting on Sunday. And there's no way in hell that guy knows everything he's supposed to know about the defense. And when you're a coach, you got to call the game and it's like, oh man, I really should have called this, but I don't know if such and such has had an actual live rep at this defense. So I can't call that in a game because I'm putting my guys in a bad situation, but they're in a bad situation anyway, because you couldn't get in the right call. And that's the tough part about it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I appreciate you just randomly answering my questions. I know we got off topic of college for a minute, but sometimes I think it's in like to utilize your brain as a player, especially a defensive guy, when these type of things, these are just questions I have sometimes. And I'm sure people that are college football fans or NFL fans, sometimes it's just nice to hear a player's perspective on what might yeah. be happening because you're only going to hear so much from what they're really telling. Like they're not going to tell us. What's right. really happening? Well, you know, I'm going to put it you like this. You,
0: you, anybody who calls football players dumb are dumb.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree. Because, yeah, like, I totally it's, agree.
0: It's so much like all that thinking I was just talking about. And Absolutely. then you add in, like, I can't do shit when I'm tired. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm like i useless. And you're basically, you're asked to do all that computing while your body is physically exhausted. Like, these guys are not dumb. Nobody, yeah. nobody in the NFL is dumb. They, they might not be book smart, but they're not dumb. Mm-mm.
1: No, and that's why they're there, right? I mean, and again, you've got playbooks. You've got stuff every – I mean, you're you're facing a new team every single week. I'll pull it, you
0: out the playbook next week just so I can show you what it looks like.
1: I would love it's, for I mean, you to do like that. that. Seriously, yeah. I, I let's do that because I just – a visual of it would be great to see. Yeah. And just like to, the information that you have to absorb week to week that's different. Uh, Cause you're pre- preparing for a different team every year. So that, that would be cool just to give like a visual of it. Um, I guess, well, man, we've already re- run out of time for the day. <laughs> so this is what happens when you're having fun times flying by, even though there was nothing really like crazy this week that was out there. It, it's just like, these are the type we'll, of fun subjects that we'll just
0: make it up as we go. Regardless. Well,
1: that's what we're good at. I mean, yeah. we're, at this point, we're now um, putting ourselves in the running for uh, the commissioner job in the Pac-12. Uh, yep. We've now got me um, out there for if you know someone wants to take me scouting, on for recruiting. scouting. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, here we are, just putting ourselves out there. Just listen to our podcast; you'll learn something new. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Where can they go to find you, my friend?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at r i p underscore j e p. Chick Fil A has a sauce shortage right now, and I'm trying to figure out: do we blame Trump? Do we blame Biden? Who knows? I can't but wait to hear. Chick Fil A like, short on sauce.
1: Short on sauce, which I'm I'm going to put my hand up right now. I am guilty. I'm one of those people. <laughs> one of those people that asks for like three or four of the yep. sauces that I'm getting for that trip. Yeah, maybe I'm to blame.
0: You might be, I I am too. I got a drawer full of Chick-fil-A sauces.
1: (laughs) So do we. Okay. I'm glad to know we're not the only ones here. Uh, You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, We are always keeping you up to date. Hopefully you guys uh, are enjoying the podcast. If you ever have any ideas, make sure to let us know. And please go subscribe at Press Pass Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We do appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you hear ya back. Well, you'll hear from us. There we go. Next week. Take care.